Hello, 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 everyone. This is Self-Discovery with Survivor Empower Life Coach Financial. I am your host, Alicia. I'm a certified life coach. I'm an accountant. I'm certified in the state of Connecticut to assist with individual in an active domestic violence and sexual abuse situation. I'm also a survivor myself. Self-discovery is here to assist survivors in rediscovering themselves through my podcast with relevant topic where we discuss how, why, and solution. Before we start, get your pencil, your notebook, your journal, paper, pen, whatever you want to get so you can write down what resonates with you. So before I even go excited, I'm going to introduce um, Jan. She's a survivor. And she um, basically um, is just at the end tail of it. Jan, you want to introduce yourself, please? Hi, my name is Jan. And um, I have just left a six-year relationship. Um, married for six years uh, and together for about seven. Um, uh, started off as a fairy tale. <laughs> Um, I left a previous relationship that, um, was 10 years. Uh, so it was almost like my, this would be my second marriage to um, almost like, you know, and, um, that it didn't end so well. Um, and so I quickly <laughs> jumped into this, uh, relationship and shortly after, um, got married and, quickly after we uh got out of the honeymoon phase and I mean that that lasted maybe three months before things started to uh kind of unwind um we didn't talk about how we expected the marriage to go um meaning like uh, morals and you know uh things of what, how we, you know, wanted to raise our children and, you know, finances and things of that nature. Um, we dibbled and dabbled in it, but there weren't any concrete, you know, kind of directions or plans, kind of winged it just as much as we winged our, uh, our relationship uh, to begin with. And um, I know that uh, I was very clear entering the relationship that I, um, wanted to be a mother, wanted to become a mom. And um, I was hitting that age. <laughs> My uh, biological clock was ticking and um, I knew that I, I wanted to become a mom. I was passionate um, and out of all my friends and family, um, I was the one to, the latest to start, the, the youngest, but the Late, the one to, to wait the longest to have children. And I waited till marriage as, you know, I grew up in a household where you, you finished school and you, <laughs> you got married and then you had children. Um, so I followed that with the expectation of continuing, you know, for lifelong and, and hoping that was my, my bridge or my, my path to, you know, companionship and, and, and family. You know, I, I wanted a family. And um, shortly after that, uh, 
our my in-laws uh, became uh, infringing on our our household um, very uh, into our, our relationship our marriage um, and it was by in by both you know kind of we get no argument and we contact our our uh, our family members for advice and so forth and they got involved a little bit too heavy and um we had finally gotten to a point where we felt like we had um overcome what i felt like we had overcome all we went to marriage counseling you know um, we we did everything to try and make it work and to build and continue on. And um, I decided that, you know, as we decided um, that we would start to build our, our family. And um, as we had some loss, um, several loss um, during the course of our, our marriage, um, I decided to seek alternative. And... Um, so we, we went to the doctor and got assistance with um, being pregnant. And he was there every step of the way. Um, and as when I became pregnant, it wasn't until my second trimester that I learned that this wasn't something that he wanted. And it started to become clear when things weren't, you know, falling into place and, you know, finances were in shambles, um, you know, overspending and just uh, not on focus on priorities and things that we needed to take care of to uh, bring our son into this world. And, um, into my third trimester, uh, well, I wanted to celebrate. You know, I had I didn't really have that glorious, glowing uh, pregnancy as one would hope. At as all this time you waited to uh, have children, and you want to be able to experience this in bliss and be happy. And as, as although I was happy to be with child, I understood that my marriage was not what you expected what I was expecting and my partner um didn't fulfill you know my needs of cravings of you know I just felt like I was on this journey alone it wasn't supportive um, none whatsoever um his idea or his his uh, response to that was, well, I went to your ultrasound visits and doctor's appointments. That was his consideration of being supportive of this pregnancy. Emotionally um, supportive at all. Right. And um, so uh, in my, I was seven and a half months, actually seven months um, to date, um, I I decided to have a DIY maternity uh, photo shoot to commemorate this. You know, I'm, I'm 
on my, the finish line, you know? Um, and so set everything up, coordinated everything. And it felt again, like I was doing this all on my own with my effort, my idea, my vision, just, you know, nothing, um, of his input, you know, kind of just very depressing and alone, you know, um, I wanted to have, I just backtrack a little bit um, because this is significant. I wanted to have a, a baby shower and um, there was no, no support whatsoever of that. Um, tried to put together a, a um, invitation, like a, um, a guest list or, you know, deciding on where, when and how, and there was, no input whatsoever some good friends of mine actually um surprised me um and and through well good friends at the time uh I should say uh threw me a baby shower and um and that was even kind of just like oh you know kind of whatever and it was mixed signals a lot of the time because um, he would definitely go to work and boast about my wife is pregnant and, you know, and they threw him a huge, you know, baby shower um, mm-hmm. for him. And so it, it, I, I was sitting in this depressed slash bliss and also kind of confused as to where he stood. Um, so like that tension so, come along with family from his period yeah. work. He liked to celebrate it because everyone knew he got married. So he's mm-hmm. playing the role, acting the role on the outside to the world, you know, as being a supportive husband and right. everything. So mm-hmm. obviously they supported him. Yeah. But behind doors, it was a totally different person. He was, you know, more involved in building an aquarium (laughs) um you know and buying the latest sneakers and I'm just like we have a child on the way you know uh can we definitely put some priorities in order and um and so on this day in question August 24th 2019 um as we finished our photo shoot. Um, we re- he began to receive calls from his family members and photos uh, because on that same day, it ended up being that his niece was getting married. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't able to attend. It was out of, it was overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he... And out of all his siblings, he's the only one that is here in the States. Um, His mom comes and goes. His dad is here. But there's a... His dad left when he was young and Mm -hmm. lived here. So it was like there's some type of... I don't understand the relationship, Mm -hmm. I should say. (laughs) And so... um, he's he feels a lot of the time alone Mm 
you know, and um, kind of homesick. And I definitely understand that, you know, um, my family is close by in another state, four hours away, mm-hmm. not 16 hours away, okay. um, you know, compared to him, you know, his. And so they called and, you know, kind of involved him in the, you know, ceremony, um, per se, like to, you know, say hi to guests. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I could see this um, kind of building up mm-hmm. in anger, building up uh, resentment, building up, um, you know, kind of in the back of his head. And I'm only, you know, he's never verbalized this to me, but I can only, you know, imagine what he's thinking, you know, like, I don't want this child I'm stuck here. I have to be here. Um, my wife could go into labor anytime and I couldn't travel, mm-hmm. you know, um, because of my finances, mm-hmm. my own personal <laughs> reasons, you know, his, and I'm speaking my own, like in his voice, you know, um, that he couldn't, he wasn't able to attend. So there was a lot of anger, resentment, and he, he then, trickles back after he hangs up the phone with the family into you know um there was a a picture that he received of his mom and dad sitting next to each other again this is his niece getting married his mom and dad's first grandchild of course they were gonna be in attendance and um I guess he just never thought that that would happen which i feel like that's beautiful to be able to you know um have so many years between one another and to be able to come together for um a special moment a special moment and to not really to not tarnish that you know memory for that that individual is beautiful you know it's big of them to be able to do that you know and um respectable Mm -hmm. um and so I looked at it as that. However, you know, it took that picture took him back to, you know, his childhood and everything that he didn't or did not get, did or did not get, you know. Mm-hmm. And it just was like, <sighs> just, just anger. Mm-hmm. And so, um, what happened at that point? Um, it also was the big weekend where um, Popeyes was having this chicken sandwich. That was when the chicken sandwich came out and everybody was sold out everywhere and all this and people are making videos about it. And here I am seven months pregnant and I'm like, I need this chicken sandwich. (laughs) So during the week, you know, he did mention, you know, after the photo shoot, you know, we'd go and get this chicken sandwich and, you know, all this. And so um, we went to one and they were sold out. So we decided to go to another. And as we were driving to another, he was driving to another um, the navigation was acting funny and he just got frustrated and, you know, decided, made a decision on his own that we weren't going. Mm-hmm. And I felt at that point, that, again, like, I don't ask for much. I haven't asked for much. And I just craved this sandwich. <laughs> and I sat in the passenger seat quiet because, you know, 
I'm known for being a firecracker. When I'm angry, mm-hmm. you you know, <laughs> you know, I'm stomping, I'm I'm stewing. You know, I may not, you know, say come out right then and there and say what's you know bothering me at the time, or you know, because I'm trying to find and figure out the right and proper way. As much as I can be angry, mm-hmm. but to be able to communicate properly mm-hmm. and effectively to that person, you know, you have to be quiet and hold your tongue and make your mind work, you know, so that you're not saying things you can't take back. Okay. So and one question so, though, um, so when did the actual abuse occur started? This day, this day. The, the, oh my God, I, I, something told um, me it's going to be the chicken day. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, there were there were bits and pieces, you know, here and there, you know, where, you know, there were situations where we'd get into an argument or disagreement and I'd shut down, as I mentioned, and, um, and he'd want to talk immediately at that point. And, you know, there were physicals where he'd like corner me in rooms and, um, and, you know, and just dagger and dagger and constantly, constantly drilling, drilling. What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's emotional, wrong? So that was a lot of emotional right there, but the, um, did the physical <laughs> occur then or physical? Yeah. Like physical, like there, there would, and, it, and if I didn't answer at that point, then that was the, the restraining or the, you know, kind of pushing and shoving and um, the name calling and the belittling and just, I felt to be childish you know um in that manner again as i i take back i said you close your mouth and you use your head because you don't know that you're gonna say something that you can't take back mm-hmm. um and, and so you, this day so you were pregnant those times did any of these verbal abuse or physical emotional abuse occur before the pregnancy before the pregnancy, absolutely. At this time, this is the only, I would say, um, there was two other incidents during my pregnancy um, that were more verbal. Um, but um, no, this was, this, this was the kind of that cherry on the, this event, it, this incident was like the cherry on the, the cupcake that, that just made me um, definitely open my eyes completely. Okay. Um, and so we get out the car and, you know, and uh, no, we're driving home and he's driving erratic and, and I'm asking, begging him to stop and he's not. And, you know, when I, I suffered from sciatica injury, mm-hmm. Um, the entire pregnancy. So, you know, I was very uncomfortable to even drive. Um, and so he's running over bumps and just driving like really bad. And so we get into our, my complex and I made a decision at that point to pull the emergency brake, because if we went over the speed bump that I knew I was going to probably go through the windshield. Wow. Um, that's how fast he was driving. And, um, so I did. And at that point, you know, he, he took the keys out of the car and I had to run after him and he's ripping his shirt off. I mean, this is the image. Like you have to see this image to understand, like you're looking at this, like what, what just happened? 
So I'm pregnant, running after him. I get my keys, I get in the car, and I drive. And I drive off, and I pull off on the side of the road. I don't know what to do. My mom's out of the country, and she's the only family member that I have mm-hmm. physically here in this. Yeah, where are you located? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm like, I could, I could drive for hours, but, you know, I'm in no condition at this time to drive. So um, I just kind of cool off. I drive, I go and get something to eat. And um, I call my cousin and we're chatting and I happen to realize because I hang up the phone with her that I have 72 missed calls. Mm hmm. And they're through WhatsApp. And um, I listened to a voicemail message and he's threatening to choke me. Mm. And I'm like, why? (laughs) And so um, I I realized at that point, you know, uh, he... He explains in another voice message that he's locked out of the house. He doesn't have his keys. He left his keys at home. And I'm supposedly supposed to know this. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me. And so I asked my cousin for advice. You know, she says she's going to stay on the phone with me, drive over, open the door, but don't stay. And I drive up and I'm like, he's not even here. Because where my I live, that you know, he would be staying out front of the house. Mm-hmm. And so I open the door and he's standing in the dark. Oh my goodness, that's rather scary. Right. And so uh, he's talking to me, he's screaming at me, he's, you know, and I'm just shaking at this point. And we have to go up a flight of stairs, and I'm like, go ahead you go in front of me because I can only imagine if you just threaten to strangle me to choke me mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I can only picture him <laughs> yeah yeah I can only picture him pulling me down the stairs you know um so I let I he walks up in front of me and he's screaming and um I let him in the door and before I could even step a foot in the door he slams the door so so violently and it's the wood door that it springs back twice mm. before slamming did you make it in the apartment or were you outside no wow. I, d- I didn't even stomach. put my foot right I didn't even put like a foot like I just he was verbally just abusing me mm-hmm. and so I turned around and I got into the car and I drove off and he's still screaming out the window at me I drive and I go to a hotel I stay the night I wake up in the morning I leave him a voicemail message and say you know I think it's best that you may find a place to stay for a couple of days to cool down. Um, he never responds. And I send this at like one, 
11.30. By 1 o'clock, he's opening the, the door. Um, so um, this, this story is very intense. Um, <laughs> you have a lot to say. We might have to do a second run on this. But um, <laughs> what I think that I want to do, because um, it's been about almost 30 minutes, and I um, try mm-hmm. to keep my um, podcast kind of short, so people can think, but I want to ask a question. When did you finally decide to leave him? Two months after my son was born. Oh, very good. And did you stick to that plan? I mean, was it a plan? Did you thought it out or you just woke up one morning because most people don't, but what was your thought process in leaving him? I didn't have one. Um, I knew that at that point, the way he had been physically abusive to me, mm-hmm. that I couldn't let my son witness any of it. And I couldn't allow him to neglect my son. Okay. Um, another, yeah. Another question. So you, um, from listening to you, there were prior red flags prior to getting married and you still went ahead. Now, you also said you left from one relationship and jumped into the other one. Do you think if you had taken a break between that you might have slowed down or you were so motivated on being a mom that you couldn't see anything but just being a mom? Um, I don't think that that wasn't that wasn't the like highlight <laughs> for getting into this, that, this relationship mm-hmm. um, or that relationship. Um, I, I should have, I definitely should have taken more time Mm -hmm. um, than I did. And I mean, two months, three months, I did take time for myself, but Mm -hmm. not enough, not enough to um, really stew or see or be able to look into the mirror and see the things that I need to work on. Yeah. Another question. So did you bring any baggage in that relationship emotional baggage that you had that you would um see those red flag and dismiss them no okay no Um, so for you your expectation of the relationship that you vision versus what transpired when did you realize i mean what vision did you have? What what vision did you actually see that it started to turn? I mean, the fact that, because I assumed he met a lot of your criteria when you met and everything. You said the only moon only lasted like about three months. So yeah. prior up to that three months in the marriage, prior before that time you were dating, he was playing the role. Well, I'm saying playing the role. Yeah, but he obviously yeah, yeah. Picture. Point, playing the role. <laughs> he fits the picture of what your husband or what a husband and dad would look like for you. Right. Yeah. And, and um, I'm going to get a little personal. If it's too personal, whatever I'm acting, just say you you rather not answer at this point. Do your family history play a role in any of this at all? Your relationship yes. with your father, your relationship with your family play a role. Like I said, if I'm asking anything and you'd rather not answer because too much right now, just said, um, I'd rather not answer. It's, it, 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 this, this marriage definitely mimicked the, um, 
some some very strong characteristics of my of my parents' marriage. So, do you think subconsciously you saw it the sign, but you just subconsciously just went ahead in there because it's somewhat familiar? It was more of a guidance. Yes, unconsciously. <laughs> uh, more, more of, yeah, more guidance. You know, when you, yeah. you seek others' uh, opinion and and and, um, and they're like, oh, you know, you just don't quit. You don't quit. You stick it out. You work it out. You pray it out. Yes, <laughs> I have heard those lines so many times. So many times. So many times. Stick with it. You know, give it a chance. And I'm not saying those things are wrong. But there's times you have to know when to let go because the other person involved has to be a willing participant in order for for you to stick in there, carry on, move forward. You have to have a willing participant who's willing to change. So y'all are um, separated, divorced. What what is the end result of um, this? We are now officially divorced. Um, I'm going to say congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. And um, how do you feel now that you're out of that relationship? Sad for my son. Sad? In what sense? Because he doesn't get to have a family, you know? Um, At this, and to say that he won't have a family Mm -hmm. is not true because I I hope (laughs) that in this lifetime, I will find somebody that, you know, um, cherishes me the way I cherish myself. Um, But he won't have his mom and dad together. Okay. He has a family, but you're saying he wasn't, you won't have that father in the house. Now, would you rather a father who's physically there, but not emotionally, mentally there? And possibly teaching your son verbal abuse, physical abuse, mental, you know, emotional abuse, or you rather be by yourself and have your family show what a male could be like. I would rather uh, a family. Uh, 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 how do you say this? Uh, I wouldn't. I would. I would take the abuse out of it. I would take yeah. the you know um, the the. Per- I would I would take all the good characteristics from <laughs> that he has, and I would I would rather keep those than to keep and and leave all the negatives, because um, as I still see um, potential, you know, it's just the lack of um, maybe guidance mm-hmm. or the incorrect guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, that that is just like he's on the tip of the iceberg of knowing what it means to be a man and be a father but they're the inf- there's influence mm-hmm. that is guiding and twisting that is that that is also broken i should say there's influences that are also broken that are guiding him mm-hmm. and or giving uh, counsel to him that is, in my opinion, incorrect. Not healthy. So one question then. So even though you're separated and you think he has potential and, you know, he has time to mature and grow up, will your co-parents together? That's the most important thing because 
Sometimes a father doesn't yeah. have to physically be in the house. They can be a father and visit and be a father. It's not um, not how much time is the quality of the time you spend with the child and what you teach the child and how you nurture him. You can spend an hour with a child and teach him so much, be with him eight hours and teach him nothing. So are you um, are you going to co-parent? No. Okay. <laughs> Not gonna ask any further than that. Um, not gonna ask any further than that. But um, maybe as time go on. But you do have male figures in your family. Yes, absolutely. Okay. okay. So you know the thing about it, it takes a village to raise a child, and it's wonderful to have a father involved. Um, but sometimes that's not possible at the moment. Um, so you can always surround him with positive male within your family, within your community. And that way he's gonna get a positive insight on what a man truly should be and how he should conduct himself. So, you know, if you have a village, take advantage of that village because Absolutely. he would end up with a God wealth of information or wealth of positive things and the dynamic of your family, your value. Um, you can instill those things and, you know, possible that the father mature emotionally and get the help he needs. You know, anything is possible. But for yourself, are you getting counseling? Have you been in counseling? I have. I have definitely been in counseling. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that's something that I actively continue and Good. Um, definitely suggest that anyone that has witnessed mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, anything like this remotely um, as a child or an adult, um, seek counseling. Yes, I do. It's, um, it's helpful. Yes. It's helpful to be able to um, almost stand outside of yourself. Yes, I agree with you. I do believe that um, when you witness abuse that the child subconscious I mean unconsciously that's the picture you see and even though we strive to not to mimic that we end up and you know going into that situation but not the path we thought we would take but another path right. because our yeah. unconscious mind remember that and is so familiar because if you have witnessed over and over again even though you push away you're still going to pick up some of the habits. Some of the things going to be familiar. And, but I'm glad you are receiving counseling. We definitely going to have to um, have another conversation with you. Um, <laughs> yeah. to get a little bit more. Um, Jan, I am so happy that you are out of that situation, that negative space, um, emotionally and mental abuse, um, you know, physical is, is brutal because it, it kills your self-esteem. It, it beats you down, it chips away from you. And I'm glad you are getting the help you need to build yourself back up. And before we um, wrap it up, is there any particular thing you wanna point out to anyone who's listening who might be in similar situation? Cause like I always say, we might have the same title. We all want the same end result and that's to get out safe. Our journey is different. So based on your journey, what little tidbit can you pass on to the people out there listening? At the first sign, leave. The first sign. 
It could be something as little as um, a repetitive call. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't answer his call and he continuously calls, leave. Because that's only, that can only be a gateway Mm -hmm. to allowing or entry, you know, of just the glimmer of what could be. What is waiting on the, the, cra- the side for the you? Crazy, the crazy, yeah. the, the crazy, you know, uh, that, that like may, he may just be playing that role of, you know, Mr. Nice Guy, Mr. Suave, you know, and um, I got it all together, you yes. know, and all this. But if he can call you 42 times and you not answer, leave. Leave. Don't answer that call. Change your number. Just leave. That's the possessive, that's the control um, yes. coming out. And it might appear to concern for someone who doesn't realize it or block it and just say, oh, he's really concerned, he's really care. But in reality, that's the control inside coming out. Narcissistic. Yes, coming Narcissistic. out. And you know, that is very important. We see the sign, let's not misinterpret care and love for control. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many other tidbits um, that goes on. So we definitely going to have to come back and, um, you know, plus I want to talk to you again just to see how things are going. So we definitely, sure. whether it be just to see how the journey is going <laughs> after that and see what you go forward in your life. Um, but I am happy to um, have the opportunity to interview you and let people know she's a newly single mom, but proud single mom. <laughs> Um, she is a businesswoman. She works. She not to take care of herself financially. So she had all the tools to be independent woman, independent, courageous woman on the right path, on the path leveling up. Because she yes. has, <laughs> only way you can go is up, my dear, up, my dear. So um, we're gonna wrap it up right now. So um, remember, self love and self care with positive affirmation is feeding one mind, body, soul, and spirit. Remember, you are worthy of all good things that comes your way. And so my dear friends and family out there listening, um, like I said, this month was a special month. Um, It's Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And so therefore I decided to drop a podcast every Wednesday instead of my usual every other Wednesday. So Going forward, um, I will go back to my regular schedule. Every other Wednesday, I will drop a new podcast. Um, it might be an interview. It might just be me giving you a, lots of info. So um, you can find me on Facebook at Self Survivor Empower Life Coach Financial, Instagram, Self Transition Life Coach. And um, my website is Survivor Empower Life Coach Financial.com. Um, you can connect with me on my website. You can um, messenger me on Facebook. You can messenger me on Instagram. So, everyone, have a beautiful night. And remember, love yourself. Because if you don't, who will? But remember, you are the best person that can love you and know yourself. You know yourself. No one else knows you better than you. So, give yourself the props it desire, the love it desire, and take care. Later. Bye.